0: This morning's Bible reading is from Psalm 92. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night to the music of the ten-stringed lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. How great are your works, Lord, how profound your thoughts. Senseless people do not know. Fools do not understand. Though the wicked spring up like grass and all evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. But you, Lord, are forever exalted. For sure are your enemies, Lord, sure are your enemies will perish. All evildoers will be scattered. You've exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Fine oils have been poured on me. My eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him.
1: So we're talking this morning about Psalm 92, which was entitled, A Song for the Sabbath Day. During the Sabbath worship in the temple, this song, this psalm would have been read as a thanksgiving one. And in the Hebrew Psalter, it's actually the only psalm that is assigned to the Sabbath. But when you read it, or when you heard it read, you might have thought, well, yeah, it's called the Sabbath song, but actually it doesn't mention the word Sabbath. anywhere. But there are several things that we can learn from this psalm that we can use in our Sabbath worship and in our own personal times of Sabbath rest. The word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which means to praise, to cease, and to be still. It's our opportunity to stop and to reflect on our values and our priorities and perhaps refocus them again on God and the pattern of stopping to rest one day in seven comes from Genesis 1 where God created the world in six days and then he paused to rest and to enjoy it on the seventh day so when we think of it like that the Sabbath is a gift from God it's a work of grace It's something we receive out of his creative love. And it's more than just stopping work. It's about restoration, creativity. It's about play. It's about enjoyment. Perhaps these are things that we might forget from day to day as we hurry about in our lives. Now, the Old Testament gave a high priority to the Sabbath and to keep it holy. The Ten Commandments tells us to keep the Sabbath day holy and not do any work on the Sabbath. It was to be a reminder that all things come from God, that he is the source of life and salvation, and that life was a gift. When Israel were wandering in the desert, the provision of manna followed this Sabbath rhythm. On the sixth day, they were to gather twice as much manna so they didn't need to collect any on the seventh day. And throughout their history, keeping the Sabbath has been a symbol of identity for Jewish people, and it still is today. It's a time for coming together and for sharing together. And as a Jew, Jesus observed the Sabbath. However, he often challenges the Pharisees' rules about what could or couldn't be done on the Sabbath day. In Matthew's Gospels, we read that his disciples picked and ate grain on the Sabbath because they were hungry. And in Luke's Gospel, Jesus heals a woman on the Sabbath. So while Jesus observes the Sabbath, he actually was trying to restore it to the person-centeredness, to the well-being. The disciples were hungry, they could eat. The woman wasn't well. She needed healed. This is at the heart of true Sabbath keeping. And Isaiah wrote, If you call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honourable, if you honour it, not going your own ways or serving your own interests or pursuing your own affairs, then you shall take delight in the Lord. It's putting God first and not what we want to do. And then in the early church, the Christians celebrated Sunday as the Lord's Day, and that's why we're still here on a Sunday morning. It was the day of Jesus' resurrection, and it has become a symbol of Christian distinctiveness. It was a day of rest from work and of meeting together. Unfortunately, over the years, in some places, it did come under the same sort of harsh rules that the Jewish Sabbath had, and there was a whole list of things you couldn't do on Sundays. And in our modern, busy, and frantic world, the pattern of Sabbath rest, one day in seven, has been lost. And in some ways, perhaps, it doesn't matter whether it's a Sunday or a Monday or a Wednesday. What's important is that we meet together to put God first and to focus on God and to praise God. It's a challenge, perhaps, for the church today that we need to start offering opportunities to come together for worship, not just on a Sunday, for our lives have changed and the pattern of our lives have changed. And certainly for those of us involved in leading in any way on a Sunday, it's not actually restful at all. (laughs) And many people also have to work on Sundays. The rhythm of life has changed But what is important is that we still put Sabbath in there somewhere. It needs to be creative. It needs to be flexible. But it's important that it's there in our week or our month. We need to set apart that time just to be still. Just to receive from God. To enjoy his creation. Now this could be a whole day. Or it could even just be a moment or two. Or five minutes or ten minutes. Whatever you can fit into your routine, it's the attitude of Sabbath that's important. Now, many of us will either be going on holiday or even on holiday at the moment. You can use that time as Sabbath rest. We don't have to get up and take the kids to school. We don't have to go to work. We can respond to God in a more creative fashion. And there's a folk story of two men who chopped wood, for a whole day. One man chopped constantly, without a break. The second rested for 10 minutes in every hour. And at the end of the day, it was the second man who had chopped more wood. The first man was a bit puzzled by this, and he asked his colleague, how could this be? Well, it's simple, said the second man. Whenever I rested, I sharpened my axe. So Sabbath rest can give us that sharpening of ourselves. We become more rested. We can be relaxed. We can be in touch with God. And that then enables us to go back to our work or to wherever we are, to our service for God. We might have renewed vigor, renewed energy and enthusiasm because we have rested. And how we rest might be different for everybody. But it's just important to rest with God. And the psalm has got several things that can help us if we're planning Sabbath rest. It doesn't necessarily just happen. Like most things in our life, we have to kind of have a wee plan and a wee idea of where and how and what we're going to do during times set aside to be with God. Well, the psalmist has written of how to approach this Sabbath, and this is why this is a Sabbath psalm. So first we are to celebrate and praise God's name. Verse 1 starts by telling us, It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High. To have that overflowing joy and praise that wants us and makes us want to sing about God and as we touched on briefly earlier, there's a format for our day in this psalm. We're encouraged in the morning to proclaim his love. Every morning, when you waken up each day, remind yourself of how much God loves you. And over the years, there's been various different cereal commercials urging us that if we eat their produce for breakfast, we're starting the day right. But think how much better our day would be if we start it by praising God. So praise God in the morning. Remind yourself, even just a simple sentence when you get out of bed. And then during the day, we're encouraged to offer praise and thanksgiving for everything that happens. For the small things in life, as well as the big things. Sometimes we forget to praise God, perhaps just for the color of the flower that we see, or the leaf on the tree. Small things. And then at the end of the day, to remind ourselves of God's faithfulness to us. No matter how difficult a day it has been, remember God. Look back on your day and see where God has been with you. And say thank you to God for his faithfulness to you for that day. Psalmist mentions music to help us praise God. I'm sure we all enjoy the worship. Here, whether it's traditional or modern, music can say things to us. The words of the songs we sing can have great meaning, almost like mini sermons in themselves. They contain messages that communicate truth through our ears and into our hearts. And you know, we're really fortunate nowadays. There is so much Christian music out there and so many ways in which we can access it. CDs, if you still have a CD recorder, you can actually play it on. YouTube, downloaded music, so many different ways. And if you don't already use music in this way, then why not try it? Start your quiet time, start your Sabbath rest by listening to some music. The psalmist then goes on to say, we are to exalt God's actions. In verse 5, How great are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. How great are your works. Well, we start with creation. And how wonderful is the world around us. And I think over the summer, it's perhaps easier to take time to marvel at the different colors and the wonders of nature. But sometimes we can get so used to our own backyard, our own garden, our own weeds, Own environment, we forget to really see them, to really look at what is all around us, and to praise God for creating it. So, again, take some time over these summer months, even when it's raining, to take time to appreciate the world around you, whether you're at home, in a different part of this country, or abroad. Really look at the world around you. And if you think, oh, I can't do that because I'm not going anywhere, Do you know there are also many wonderful nature programs on television that you can find? And I think they are just wonderful. The filming can just be amazing and they can let us see in more detail things that we would miss just with our own eyes. But we just need to be a wee bit proactive to appreciate all this. And then we exalt in God's action in our salvation, in the sending of his son Jesus to be with us, to die for us on the cross to bring us back into that eternal relationship with our Father. On the cross, Jesus took our sin and our guilt upon himself. We sang about it in our last song. We are redeemed and restored through this great act of love, and we can now live our lives forgiven for our sins with changed hearts and transformed lives. God's works are wonderful, full of miracles and wisdom. And during our times of Sabbath, while we're exalting God, we're diminishing the actions of ourselves. We're turning from what we think and what we want to look towards him. And Mark's gospel tells us that the Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. And you know, there's been many studies done over the years which show The negative effects of stress, lack of sleep, and overwork, and I'm sure you're all familiar with them at times in your life. And you know that there are positive effects that rest has in our productivity and happiness. We have been designed that way by God. We are created in his image. We are created to need rest. And that's quite important to remember. We can't always be working all the time. We need rest. And at its core, Sabbath is a spiritual practice of surrender to God. We're turning from what we want. We're walking away from any illusion that we might have that we can do it all. Or that any power or influence that we think we have. And we learn to trust how God can accomplish his work in us when we rest and experience Sabbath. So this exaltation of God's actions is something that we would have throughout our life and what we can focus on specifically at certain times. And then lastly, we come to anticipation of God's goodness. The last few verses of this psalm focus on the future that God promises us. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree, They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. The palm tree, as you probably know, is a tall, slender tree with deep roots that seek out water. Its fruit can be eaten and a drink can be made from its sap. Its leaves can be used for roofs, woven into mats and baskets, and its branches used on festive occasions. Luxurious plants with many uses. And the cedar is known for its size and its quality. It's also deep-rooted, and it can grow to a great age. And in the ancient Near East, when these psalms were written, gardens were often associated with sanctuaries, which symbolised the nurturing of life in a place of divine presence. And here we have a picture of what a righteous life can look like deep-rooted in God's presence and fruitful. So our Sabbath practice helps us to remain rooted in God's presence and therefore we're able to flourish and grow in righteousness. But without that rootedness, we would fade away. Sabbath helps keep our connection to God. The older I get, the more I like this next verse. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. What a wonderful promise. We never grow too old to be fruitful for God. Never too old for his purposes in our lives. Yes, what we can physically do might change. But we can always bear witness to our faith in Jesus. We can always pray. Perhaps even with more opportunities as family responsibilities grow less. But there is always something to look forward to with God. We will bear fruit in our old age. And then we come to the final line in the psalm, which takes us back again to praise. And we proclaim, The Lord is upright. He is my rock. There is no wickedness in him. This is what we will be proclaiming right up until we take our last breath. The Lord is our rock. And so the practice of Sabbath helps us on our way to always able to proclaim, to sing and praise about God's goodness. So why not take some time to examine your daily, your weekly, your monthly and your yearly schedules. Plan in some Sabbath time on a regular basis. Time when you can be with God. Time when you can celebrate and praise God's name when you can exalt God's actions and anticipate God's goodness. Sabbath is important for each one of us. We're going to listen to a reflective piece now. The words are going to come up on the screen, but I'm going to ask you just to remain seated. And if you want, you can either sing quietly or just listen and reflect on your Sabbath practice. And be still.